Thank you for choosing to connect with North Collins Wesleyan Church. We are a church of all ages that is passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our congregation enjoys worship, fellowship, discipleship, and community outreach. Our worship services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. found in North Collins, New York. The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Justin Leininger. Again, thank you for joining with us, and we hope you enjoy. We begin our time together this morning with a bit of a public service announcement. I feel the need to bring us all up to date on how to properly use an extremely popular meme right now that is circling the internet and social media and all of those places. So I have seen, honestly, I've seen many of you use this meme. Many, of peop- many individuals in our congregation use this meme. And I believe, unfortunately, many of you are using it incorrectly. And so I want to help you out with that. I want to help you understand how to use this meme correctly. And so on a side note, before we get into that, just a little reminder that whenever you're posting something online, not only does God see it, but most likely your pastor sees it as well. Just, just a little reminder, something to put out there for you to think about before you post certain things. Now to those who are not super social media savvy or internet savvy, remember a meme is basically a picture or a video that we use to express a a feeling or a thought or an opinion or something like that. Memes take all kinds of forms. There's kind of the normal kind of meme though that is a picture with some title to it and that allows us to get an opinion, to hear a voice. Currently the most popular meme right now out there is of a woman and a cat. Specifically, a woman who is extremely upset, extremely upset at life. And you can see, just in this picture, you can see and feel the passion in her feelings about something. She is upset. And we can all feel that very vocally. We can feel that without anything else having to be said. And then there is the cat that is pictured. And the cat is of one who wants to disappear. And actually, when this cat picture originated, when this came to popularity, it was actually someone who posted this picture of their cat who was sneaking up to the, to the dinner table, right, thinking like there's a plate full of delicious food and only found vegetables. And then realized, oh, I want to leave this place immediately. Vegetables, this is the worst. This is the worst. Now, alone, both pictures are pretty cool. Both pictures have like things that they give us, but when you put those pictures side by side in the same expression, you gain something wonderful because you have this woman who is passionately involved with this cat who just wants to leave, just wants to wonderfully disappear. Now, unfortunately, when you put these together, many of us have been using this combination, this meme, to say things that I don't believe is actually kind of the purpose of the meme. We, we use it, many of us have used it to kind of express like, oh, there's this opinion, but then there's this opinion, and like to try to express two sides of an opinion. And there are lots of memes that can do that, but that's not actually the purpose of this. It's not a my opinion, your opinion, or your opinion, my opinion kind of thing. It's much more a, a very aggressive opinion and a person who's caught in the crossfire and wants to get out of that situation. For example, my favorite use of it is this one right here. People with expired coupons in the checkout line, yes, and the cashier who's being yelled at aggressively. And hopefully this is not any of us, 
But let's be honest, many of us have witnessed this exact situation, right? Yeah, we have witnessed this moment, the person with expired coupons who is yelling at the poor cashier who's trying to scan them, but it just doesn't work. And they're, they're receiving all of this. That is not their fault. And they just want to be removed from the situation, right? Yes, many of us have been in this situation right here. We have been. Now, why does this matter? Why are we using this and talking about this this morning? Why is this important? Because as Thanksgiving and Christmas approach, this meme represents so many of us at one point or another in the next few weeks. This meme represents us at one point or another with family, at work, with friends, in our community, at dinners and functions and social events, and and maybe even here at church, believe it or not, this represents us. Most likely, you are either the over-opinionated person stating your case with all passion, your feelings about whatever it is that you have to let the world or your family or whoever know your opinion. Impeach, reelect, global warming, politics, patriots in the Super Bowl, Disney Plus, I don't know what it is, but you get it out there and you have to let them know your opinion on life. Or you are the cat simply caught in the crossfire trying everything that you can do to disappear. Oh my, look, oh, we've been here for what, 10 minutes? Look at the time. Thanksgiving is over. All right, see you later. And with that thought, I say to you, to everyone, welcome to the holidays. They are here. Welcome officially to the holidays. Now, in all seriousness, this is why Thanksgiving matters. This is why an attitude, a spirit of thanks, both at Thanksgiving but all year round, thankfulness and gratefulness, this is why they matter. The holidays are coming. I don't know if you feel the pressure yet, but I know I do. And speaking with many people in our congregation and community, they do as well. The holidays are coming, and with that, that means there are going to be those family conversations and moments, those tough experiences. I remember I had one last year with a family member who it seemed like all through Christmas couldn't let a certain opinion, a certain comment on politics go and had to keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up, right? And there it is. With the holidays comes stress on our schedules, right? The thought that we have to pack every moment with things or without our even choice or decision in it, our schedule has been packed and filled with thing after thing, moment after moment. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, As a parent of young children, with holidays comes that stress that is my budget. And trying my very best to make sure that Christmas feels Christmassy, right? Like it's some weight on my shoulders to have to make sure that a smile appears on their face and that they receive enough, have enough, get enough, experience enough, whatever it is, enough to experience that. And I feel that on my shoulders. And with that, it is kind of amazing that before we get into that experience, before we get fully into those holidays, we have this moment of thanksgiving that can free us from those weights and burdens if we'll allow it. The truth is Thanksgiving is not a Christian holiday, right? I mean, and what we mean by that is, is it's, we have Christmas, which is about Jesus' birth, and Easter, which is about his death and resurrection. And so we have 
Christian holidays. Thanksgiving isn't in the Bible, right? But we recognize that Thanksgiving, the feeling, the being thankful is all over scripture. And that is a very Christian thing. And it's important because it's us taking that opportunity, if it's this time of year or any time of year, to put life into perspective, to recognize very clearly all that we've been given, all that God has done, all that he has seen us through either on an individual level, as a family, as a community, as a nation, all that God has continually guided us through to be thankful and to recognize, most importantly, that God is in control. God is in control. This morning, we want to take those moments. That's why we're celebrating Thanksgiving in these moments. We want to take that moment to recognize that God is in control, to take a moment to be thankful and grateful and allow that to set the stage so that we can truly enjoy the holidays before us because the pressure has been removed from our shoulders. God is in control. Now, as we look at Psalm 136, and in your pew chair Bibles, I believe that's found on page 616. And as we look at Psalm 136 this morning, we recognize that the writer of this psalm, the writer of these words, must have been feeling thankfulness and gratefulness and allowing that to rule their life and direction. It had to be clearly. And the truth is, we don't know a lot about the writer of this psalm. Many psalms are accredited to King David. This one isn't specifically It still could have been words that he wrote, but probably it was written by someone else. And while its author might be unknown, their feelings of stability and peace and understanding of God's hand on thing, that is very, very clear. And so let's see what Psalm 136 has to say to us. You're going to see a line repeated very, very often. The truth is I was tempted not to repeat that line because it seems to almost get monotonous, but that actually ruins the point of this passage. It is repeated for a reason because these words have so much value. Psalm 136, this is what it says. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread upon the, out upon the earth the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. You could almost sing that line, right? To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept the Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance 
His love endures forever. An inheritance to a servant Israel. His love endures forever. And it concludes with this. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Do you ever feel like the world is continually telling you that you need something to be happy, right? Feel like the world has you caught in a cycle where we're in this spinning wheel where there's always that next thing that we need to be happy, to feel content, to feel like we can be thankful or happy with our place in life. This week saw the release of Disney+. Plus. Now, to those who are unfamiliar with this, this is just another way of watching television or movies. Disney controls all Disney shows and movies. Of course, that makes sense. But they also control Marvel and all of its superhero movies and shows. They control Star Wars and National Geographic and probably many more wonderful things, right? And those are some big names. And to be honest with you, not having that, man, it has me feeling almost on the outside, right? Like, how can I exist without all of those wonderful shows and movies and features. Like, how can my life go on? What am I supposed to do without access to the Gummy Bears television show cartoon of my childhood? How can I be? I mean, I know dashing and daring, courageous and caring. Like, I know the theme song, how can I be without the Gummy Bears? And, and even further, how can I exist without unlimited opportunity to watch Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers? I mean, think about that for a second. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. How can I live without that? How? How? But of course, we ask ourselves, where does this stop, right? Where does it stop? Because we know this. We have Disney+. Plus, We have Apple TV. We have Netflix and Hulu and YouTube. YouTube TV and Amazon Prime Video, and it goes on and on. Every network, right, has their own thing. And we get all of those things that we think we need, and then there is that thing, that thing that we used to watch again. What, what was that thing called? Oh, yes, cable television. Remember, like, when we used to actually just watch cable television? When is enough enough? When do we have enough? Now, if you join Disney Plus this week, don't feel bad. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about at all. What this is about is recognizing the cycle our culture can place us in, right? Of always feeling like we need something more to be happy, to be content, to be full, to be thankful. There is, and let's just be honest, in our culture, there always will be that something more. That thing that we don't have that apparently everybody else in the world has and is talking about and we don't have it and we need it to be there. But let me tell you this this morning and if you hear nothing else, please hear this. You don't need anything else to be happy and content. Right now, in truth, you have all that you need to be thankful. You have all that you need to be thankful. All that you need right here and now. Why should we be thankful right now? Why should we do that? What does Psalm 136 tell us again and again and again and again for 26 
times to the point where as we read that, it almost drove us slightly crazy. Like we're getting it and we're enjoying it, but we're also like, really? Again, like, couldn't you have squeezed some of those lines together so we don't have to repeat this so many times, right? What does it say to us 26 times? His love endures forever. His love endures forever. That is all that we need to know. And if that doesn't sound enough, like enough to you, let's break that down for just a second. His love endures forever. His love, God's love, let's start there. What is that? We often talk about love being a feeling, and we recognize there's some truth to that, right? Love is that feeling, maybe in the pit of our stomach, to our mind, to our heart, to wherever that we feel when we, we see someone, when we notice someone, when we, we have interaction with someone that we love, and there, love is that, that feeling. Love is our emotions in those moments, but, but love is much more than that, especially God's love. It is so much more. If you were to gather together all the translations of the Bible about this passage of Scripture, you would find very different things from one passage of Scripture to another, from one Bible translation to another when it talks about God's love. The truth is, is because in our language, in English, we don't exactly know how to say all that needs to be expressed when we say God's love. What does that mean? Some translations, like if you were to look in the King James Version, they would use the word mercy. And there's, there's something about that, right? Mercy is that idea that, that you're reaching out, striving, making an effort for someone who, who doesn't deserve it, and you're showing that to them. That gets a little bit, but other translations I saw try to cram words together. I actually saw versions, translations that tried to make their own words by squeezing words together. They tried to say love, kindness, goodness, and they took out the spaces and it was just like love, kindness, goodness. And I don't think you can actually do that where you just take away and like add words like that, but they, they tried to do that because they want us to hear and feel and understand that like when it says God's love, that means so much to us. It is love, but it's mercy, and it's kindness, and it's goodness, it's charity. It's, it's the idea that this God is reaching out, is striving, is working for us, is twisting the world, is changing the world, is shaping the world for us, for you. He is working for your benefit before your eyes and behind the scenes. He is working in relationships. He is changing the way creation works. He is investing and pulling and pushing all around your life. He is so intricately involved in you. That is God's love. It is such intentional effort made in who you are. That is God's love. And it doesn't just stop there. It says his love, which is all of those things, all of that working for us. Then it says that next word, endures. His love, that working for us, endures. And what does that mean, endures? Endures means to hold on. It means to remain to last, to sustain. If you look up the word endure, it actually, a close translation, talks about suffering. And we know with our God, we know with Jesus Christ, his love took him to the point of suffering beyond our understanding. But he endured for us. He suffers when he needs to. He is patient with us. He is tolerant with us. He bears all resistance and pressures God's love, his working for us, endures, it is there. And then we see that extra little piece, forever. His love endures for us forever. Forever God is caring, working, striving, shaping all things and everything for us. He is doing that for you. 
The writer here recognizes this and, and then basically uses the rest of this passage to simply break down and clarify this truth from their experience in life, from, from seeing God's love and, and, and all of that striving, enduring forever, how that pours out for us in life. And so we see as we pull this together, verses 1 to 9 talks about how creation was shaped for us. Verses 10 to 15 talk about how that protection, his love brought protection that was there and delivered for us. Verse 16 shows us how direction was paved for us. Verses 17 to 22, how justice was dealt for us. Verses 23 to 26, how provision has been delivered for us. All that we need to be thankful is right here before us. God in his love has done it all. Now what does that mean for us right now? What does this mean for us? I hope that you recognize that you have all that you need right now to be thankful. You have all that you need. But I recognize that there is a next step in that, in the process of being thankful and grateful. There is a moment where we must decide to stop, to pause, and to actually accept that truth for ourselves and to give thanks, to actually give thanks. Now, I don't want to make an assumption for you, so I'll make an assumption for me. That if I don't do that right now with this truth and understanding in my life, there's a good chance my life will get busy and it won't happen. I'm not saying you're going to do that, but I'm going to say that I'm probably going to do that, so I'll make that assumption for all of us just a little bit if that's okay. And if this is just for me, that's fine, but I think maybe you need this as well. When I was growing up in church, we used to sit around on Sunday morning and pass the microphone around to everybody in the room, and we all had to share to everyone what we were thankful for. Good news, we're not going to do that this morning. Take a, take a nice like, sigh of relief. That's not going to happen. The bad news is this. While that practice is kind of nerve-wracking and not fantastic, it is very healthy to communicate, to really take a moment and say, this is what I am thankful for. To let the truth of that settle on your mind and on your heart to say, wait a minute, this is what I know about the world and what I've been given. And to allow that peace to rest upon your shoulders and your life. To let that happen. And so, in many ways, it's, it's not important, although it can be meaningful to, to tell other people what we're thankful for. The truth is we do need to make sure we tell one person what we're thankful for to make sure we know that, and to make sure God knows that, to take that moment. So this morning, we're going to take a few moments of time together and recognize all that we can be thankful for, and most importantly, to recognize that God is in control. So I want to encourage you to take a few moments and to just allow yourself to clear your mind and heart. Take a moment to be settled in yourself, and whatever that means, to take a deep breath, to center your mind, and to just be able to to clearly allow your heart and mind to think, what am I thankful for? We're going to give you a few moments, and as we have these few moments, I'm going to talk, and I'm going to, to guide us a little bit if you need that. If you don't, if you can do this yourself, block out all the words that I'm about to say, and take this moment for yourself to say to God, this is what I am thankful for. But along the way, I will guide us in four thoughts as we look at this scripture and we see how it has guided us to be thankful. 
The first thing we see in this passage is that we can be thankful for creation. We can be thankful for creation. God created this world, and we get to experience it in so many wonderful ways. He has shaped this world for us. We have a chance to live in a world that has been made and shaped for us. And there's a part of me that I don't even like saying that because I don't want us to get big heads. I recognize that the world is not here for us. We are here for God. But at the same time, we have to recognize God created this world that is wonderful and fantastic that we get to be a part of. We further recognize that we are a part of his wonderful creation. You are created by God. Wonderful, magnificent, and fantastic. Yes, there are some things that we don't like about ourselves. There are times that we don't like how the world works and how it is run, but we recognize that God is still shaping us, and he is still shaping this world. Father in heaven, God above, God, I am so thankful for this world that you've given us. Thankful, God, that I have an opportunity to participate in your wonderful and fantastic creation thank you. God, I thank you for creating me. I thank you that in this room it is filled with people who are individually unique. There is no one like any one of us, God. We are unique and special in your creation. God, I also thank you for giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be free in this world, to make decisions for ourselves, to have our own personalities, to express love how we feel. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for this creation, and I thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Amen. We further thank God for his protection and his direction. We thank God that we are safe here today. May we not take for granted that we live in a nation that is so secure that more often than not, we take it for granted. And we know that God has protected us as a nation and as individuals many times before our eyes, many times without us even realizing it. For many of us, our health may not be what we want it to be in this moment. But we are grateful that we have today and we have these moments together. And we trust in God's will and his plan for our future. We trust and know that he knows what we can bear he knows how we can use that burden to be a light for the world around us. And most wonderfully, we know that he knows the right time for each and every one of us to come to be at home with him in heaven. We can thank God for that. Father in heaven, God above. God, I thank you for the ways that you've protected me in life. God, I thank you for the health that I experience now. God, I know there have been moments in my life where I haven't had that health, but I thank you for the strength that you've given me to see me through those moments. God, I thank you that you know what's best for me and my future. God, I thank you that you know when the best moment is to call me home to be with you. God, I thank you for that truth for my own life and for the truth that I've seen it in my family and friends. God, as I saw you work through my mother's battle with cancer, I thank you for, for being with her in the moments that were difficult. And I thank you for just knowing and understanding the best time to bring her home to be with you. God, may I place my trust in you. Thank you for your hand upon me. Amen. We also know that we serve a God who is loving and just. A God who is just and that we can live in peace because of the good and right 
that he has done and that we know will prevail in him. We serve a God that we recognize is in control in this world. And so as Thanksgiving and Christmas come and those family fun discussions about politics or whatever else come, we recognize that we have the free will to to make a stand or not make a stand. But in the end, through all of that, we have the opportunity to put the individual first because in the end, we as Christians recognize that God is in control, that he wins, and that justice will prevail. And we can go into any discussion, any moment with that secure, putting love first because we know we do not have to win the argument because God has already won. And we have that peace and truth in life. We can put other people first. We can love them first because God has won. Further in that, we have the grace and wonderfulness of knowing that it is not our justice that will win, or your justice that will win, but God's justice. And with his justice comes his mercy. And that for each and every one of us, the truth is, as Christians, we will not receive the justice we deserve because of his mercy. Each and every one of us will be forgiven and given what we do not deserve. And in that way, may we be thankful that it's not our justice being done, but his. Father in heaven, God above, God, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to recognize that you have won. God, as moments come forward in our life over this next period, and each and every one of us, as we look at our nation at times, feels unsettled for one reason or another. And the truth is, God, in our nation, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or on the right. It doesn't matter. You feel unsettled right now. But God, in the end, we recognize you are in control. You have won. Your justice will be done. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that truth. May it settle upon our hearts. Amen. Finally, and probably most importantly to us, we are thankful for all that we have been provided with. We all have so much, and when it comes to what we will need, we recognize that God provides. I know for myself, I come into every holiday season, and we talk about this every year here around this time, because I feel like I need the reminder, and so I provide it for you as well. But we remember during the holiday season, we, our children, our family, none of us need anything to be happy. There is no pressure that is placed upon any of our shoulders to provide a Christmassy Christmas. That is not necessary. Our gifts and our moments together will be enough. And for our loved ones, what they need is not a gift. What they need is moments together with people who love them. May we remember that. May we hold that true. For those of us who are in need, may we recognize that God will provide. For those of us who have, may we recognize the wonderful and thankful chance that God has given us to provide and love someone else. Father in heaven, God, I thank you for everything that we have here. Compared to the world, the people in this room, we are rich, and we recognize that, God. Thank you for the roof over our heads. Thank you for the warm food on our tables. Thank you for the blessings of gifts and love and care that we have to give and to receive. Bless us, God, over this period. May we remove the burden of our shoulders of thinking that we need to be thankful. May we wonderfully take stock of life and recognize all that we have to be thankful for. Thank you, God, 
for your continual provision. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, we, we want to let you know that the truth is during this holiday season and during this morning's time, we, we want you to be happy and enjoy this season. And many ways as I came into this message, I wanted this to be lighthearted and fun and for us to leave uplifted and, and recognizing all that we have, all that we has been done for us so we can enjoy this holiday season. The truth is our goal is for you to be a meme this holiday season. Maybe not the meme of the woman or the cat or either parts of that but there is another meme that you can select for yourself that we would love for you to be. It is in this meme that you recognize that God is in control and that God's love endures forever. That puts your life at peace so you can take steps forward in that truth. You can choose the meme that you prefer that is right for you. It could be the Michael Jackson meme with popcorn. Yes, it could be. I just came here to enjoy Thanksgiving and you can enjoy that for yourself. It could be Willy Wonka. I like this one. I'm just here for dessert. Hopefully you can just be there for dessert. That God has put you at ease. It could be the guy from The Princess Bride. My name is Inigo Montoya. Have a Merry Christmas. Please have a Merry Christmas. It could be, this would not be my choice. This would not be my choice. But you might decide your meme is Bill Belichick. Yes, it could be. Don't mind me, I'm just here to spy on your Christmas. And that could be you. That could be your decision. Hopefully you decide like me, this is my favorite one. This is my choice. I want to be Mr. Bean during this season. That moment when you realize you can just enjoy the holidays. Let me encourage you in this. Just enjoy the holidays. Just enjoy them. Take this opportunity, relieve yourself of burden, of stress, of the, of the schedule and the finances around you, recognize that God is in control. When those moments when family and friends come along and those conversations come, allow yourself to put them first, to recognize that God has won the battle. He has won the battle. God is in control. Enjoy and have a very happy holidays. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving and Christmas. Father in heaven, God above, we ask for your blessing right now in our lives. Help us, God, in all that we do to be able to do everything that we can to recognize your love and care and grace for us. Help us, God, to have a very, very happy holidays, to be relaxed and to recognize the pressure is off our shoulders. Bless us now, God. Work through us and with us in our hearts, God. We are so thankful for you, for the provision that you've given each and every one of us, for the way that you've guided us through one moment or another in life, the way that we can continually recognize your hand in our lives. Thank you, God. Be with us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we close in worship this morning?